Yeah. Everybody like <laughs> left the house at like noon. It was weird. That's weird. Yeah. I was gonna run out. But then once I saw they going, I said, hey, fuck that. This is a moment. I'm gonna beat my dick like it owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, That's great. That's great. Shit. I don't need them to leave the house for me to do that. That's <laughs> true. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome back to episode seven of the greatest podcast on the planet. G-E-E-P-A-P-I. I am Dan. I'm Daryl. Welcome, welcome. Appreciate you listening in. Well, we got some big news for you, celebrating five years of wedded bliss. Happy anniversary. Ah, thank you, thank you, sir. And what a night that was. I think. Yeah, I was about I don't to say, really I, don't really, I don't remember much of it either. Nah, because we got pretty we got pretty goosed up. Yes. One, two, three, January twenty-third, twenty sixteen. My wife Nichelle and I tied the knot at the American Legion post three fifty-two in Summers Point during a nor'easter. And half the people couldn't show up. It was we invited like 120 people, even though we knew not everybody would come. I think like the fire marshal has a limit for that property at like 80 people. And I think like 60 something showed up. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Real good times. Real good times. I mean, all I remember of it was going back and forth from the bar to I think G and <laughs> Wallace. And Jimmy was sitting at the bar the entire time. Yeah, less than ideal influences there. Yeah, a bunch of the guys I grew up with. And then you and Ryan Gunning was there, my my Apple influences as well. But uh it was a it was a shit show. Like me, Nash, we were cooked like halfway through. Yeah, there's this great picture. Uh, I think it's me, you, Nichelle, and Walt. And Walt's clearly the only sober person in the picture. Yeah, no, he uh, he took care of himself that night. He actually ended up driving my car home with me in it, and allegedly he says I was like real rowdy. You, I don't know if you were with us, but I, I don't was know. Like, <laughs> I was like inside the car and it was only like, it's less than a mile from the Legion to that back to the house where we were living at the time. And apparently I was like jumping all over inside the car, screaming out like fury road and stuff like in the middle of this <laughs> snowstorm. So yeah, it was, it I was had to have been in the car the, too then. <laughs> you probably were because we are infatuated with that movie, Mad Max Fury road. Um, that, that sounds like something I would definitely instigate. I think I think Ashley had mentioned something too about you like disappearing into like a pile of snow, like stepping outside um, <laughs> after, after the festivities. So yeah. I, and you know what? I had a great time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Easily one of the top three most fun weddings I've ever been to. My cousin and it was, Jeff's wedding, your wedding and my brother Darren's wedding. Darren's was fun. Uh, mine wasn't really a wedding though. And like the, traditional sense it was it was a party and john rogers a friend of my uh friend of the family's uh, married us and it was like all right yeah we're gonna do it now yada 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 i do i do smooch dance and then like the party reconvened sounds like a wedding to me i love it it was great it was I great i love it yeah great. a lot of fun 
A lot of fun. Can't wait for yours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> putting you on the spot, young man. Hey, don't hold your breath. All right. So, I will. along with the inauguration going on this week, we also had Martin Luther King Day on Monday. Um, we did. Typically, I do something for Martin Luther King Day, but this year, all I did was sit my ass down in a chair and watch MLK FBI, which was real interesting. It was basically the FBI's files on Martin Luther King Jr., pretty much J. Edgar Hoover's hard one for Dr. King. And I'm going to ask you to go more into the documentary itself. I had done a paper in college to get my degree um, on J. Edgar Hoover, and I know how manipulative and twisted this man was, both personally and professionally. So I'm curious as to see what your feedback is. And further, what, um, where, where did you see this documentary? Was this Netflix or what are we talking about here? It's on Amazon right now. All right, we'll check it out then. Yeah, definitely check it out. And it's, it's interesting because th- th- you see a lot of the parallels to today where it seemed like back then Dr. King's charismatic personality and the way he moved people, it had to have been influenced by the communists. Like it couldn't just be this man wanted equality for his people. It was it was some type of outside influence. And it's crazy because that's how it is today, where it's like, oh, cops aren't really killing you at the rate you think they're killing you at. It's that's the Democratic Party influencing you, making you think that so that way they can push their policies. So that was one of the things that happened in it. And it was kind of interesting to see that, to see that like this shit wasn't that long ago and it's still happening. You sound like Jason Whitlock when you just said that. If you if you were believing what you had just said, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, yeah. All right, Whitlock. He just came out with an article too, by the way. We'll get into that on a later date, but oh, continue, man. continue. I'm Jason sorry. Jason Whitlock, that's disrespectful, bro. <sighs> Come on, man. I that's, would never. That's the... That's the, one of the worst things I can call you. Yeah, man, that's... that's I'm. Sh- just call me a coon. Like, <laughs> you know, just call me a coon. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd, I'd rather not. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'd rather you not too. So <laughs> throughout the documentary, you see that Jagger Hoover is basically obsessed with Dr. King's sex life. Um, he tried to use the affairs that Dr. King, because Dr. King, he was no saint. All right. This man was quick to leave Coretta at home with the four kids while he was out trying to change the world. Hey, Every- you know, Every genius is flawed to a degree, and yes. we'll just we'll leave it at that. You separate the professional accomplishments from the personal life. And when Dr. King won the Nobel Peace Prize, that really pissed Hoover off oh, because sure. now he's seeing that his communist influence movement is is being celebrated. And it was just it was basically his life's goal to take down Martin Luther King. That's that's pretty much what the entire documentary speaks on. And it also talks about how in February 2027, I believe, all of the files, all of the information that they ever gathered on Dr. King has to be released. So that's going to be interesting when all those files come out to all the tapes, everything that's ever been redacted. It's all going to be released to the public. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane. It's definitely a good documentary. Definitely check it out. Definitely. How long is it? It's like an hour and 27 minutes, something like that. Not long at all. That's not too bad. And like, it's not ancient history. I saw something earlier this week, and it always makes you think like, one of my favorite people is Betty White. She turned 99 this week. Betty White is like, 
eight years older than Dr. King. Like, yeah. Dr. King and Frank, Emmett Till, like all of these deceased historical figures from like the mid 20th century, they'd still be like younger than Betty White. So like, we're not that far removed. The man should still be alive. If you think about it, you know what I mean? He'd be, oh, yeah. you know, 91, 92, 92 years old. And he's been, he's been gone for 52 years. Like it's, Which is crazy. It, it is crazy. He did so much in such a short lifespan. So good for him. And, you know, I don't know how much they get into it in kindergarten classes, but, you know, Danny didn't have school this week. And I tried to sort of explain to him, kept saying, oh, this is Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And yada, 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 yada. I was like, oh, there he is on TV. And then um, during the Sixers game, Danny Green gave a speech right beforehand. And I was like, hey, listen, he likes Danny Green because it's got the same name of him, not because he can't defend anybody or anything. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm like, yo, check this out. He's going to give a small speech on Dr. King. And like just trying to plant the seed little by little without, you know, dumping the entire bucket of water on him. But I was like, you know, he was a great man, fought for equal rights and like leave it at that. And then just sort of every year build a little bit more and hopefully he grows up with uh, an appreciation. I'm sure he will, but. Yeah, that's pretty much what the schools do. They pretty much just just do the bare minimum. They I have a dream speech, March on Washington. They don't they don't go into the they don't go into detail about why he was doing what he was doing. You know. No, yeah, not really. No, nah, it's just we didn't. Yeah, and they I, just go into it was time and he right. was the one. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a an overwhelmingly white community and like i don't know if it was different for other communities but like we yeah we barely got into it with dr king civil rights a little bit but like dr king not really yeah yeah civil rights like like coming up we would and i grew up in a predominantly black school district but even then it it just shows you what the level of education was like at the time you know what i mean as far as how much how comfortable people were with what they taught and what was mm-hmm. acceptable to be taught. So being in Pleasantville, we knew about Dr. Martin Luther King, but we also touched on Malcolm X. We also touched on Rosa Parks. Um, in Pleasantville specifically, we touched on A. Philip Randolph as well. We touched on a bunch of different people, but we never really got into why these people did what they were doing. We never got into that. We just knew that Martin was like, integration malcolm was by any means necessary but we never went into why he was like that or why this man was like this so Mm -hmm. that was that was something that that has changed over the years and under president biden who was inaugurated uh a couple days ago i hope that this continues no absolutely and um i think that the the tides are turning um in that direction um not just from an awareness standpoint, but actually a legislative standpoint too, to sort of get the country on equal footing. And I don't want to say for the first time ever, but for the first time in a long time, you know, because under Lyndon Johnson, you know, with the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, there was a lot of progress made in a short period of time. And I know that makes a lot of people comfortable or uncomfortable, but um, we'll see what can happen in the next two years with a Democratic majority uh, in both houses of Congress. Yeah, and spe- speaking on the tides turning, this was an inauguration unlike any other as far as the way that the transition of power was handled. Um, yeah, because Donald Trump is 
a menace and did everything he could to not transfer power at all. Um, I mean, we saw that and talked about that last week with the, the insurrection that took place on the 6th and his denial, denial, denial of the election results for the longest period of time. And what do you think is going to happen? And, P- and a lot of the, the insurrectionists, as we'll call them, came out and said as they were being arrested, like, yeah, like we were influenced by the president. <laughs> Flat out dimed him like, out. Yeah, <laughs> like... that's our, yeah, that's why we did it because of that. Yeah. yeah. What the, I mean, what the hell? <laughs> what do you mean? I was just sitting at home. He told me to come here and do this today. Yeah. <laughs> like, he said he was he said he was going with him. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> and stemming from that, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi said today that the articles of impeachment will be presented to the Senate on Monday. I saw that. I saw that. They're they're gonna present that on Monday, even though, you know, on Wednesday, with him worrying about being a super spreader, he decided to leave early. So Sleepy Joe wouldn't get contaminated. <laughs> you know, he left early so he could get this crew in. They could wipe down that Corona hive that the White House was, get it nice and clean for, for Sleepy Joe. And I mean, it's not being appreciated. He was with the beloved Melania, who he said was one of the most beloved first women ever. Uh-huh. Um, and she spoke for the first time. I had I, in four years, I haven't heard her speak. Have you? I knew what she sounded like. Yes. Yeah, she, she spoke for the first time, said what a pleasure and what an honor it was. Yeah, I she's could, a robot. I could tell by the subtitles on the screen. <laughs> but it was it was weird. It was weird because I'm used to. I've never seen someone be so petty. Like It's, it's actually it, unbelievable. And like, listen, I. Conservative politics are fine. Republican politics are fine. But don't be a dickhead. I will never support anybody who's just a dickhead for the sake of being a dickhead, whether it's for the presidency or anything else. Like, don't be a dickhead. You won't even give a dickhead their their props as far as comedic gold. Like he's he's not funny. He is hilarious. He's not funny, and it's not just because of like politics. He's just he's not funny. Like, listen, like he's not funny. Nah, man. His, Donald, his jokes, Donald Trump his has made whack. me laugh many times. Many times over the last oh. four years. Sometimes don't, at the expense of my own well-being. <laughs> don't, don't make me question your sense of humor. Because he's not. He's just not funny. He is. He, he's a funny dude. He's a funny dude. Oh, man. But when he got to the joint bases after leaving the White House uh, in a hurry, like he proceeded to jerk himself off in front of his followers, talking about the best employment rate ever. He wants everyone to remember all the good shit he did in a couple months, in a couple years. Remember what he did. Yeah, Even he's though, like day one. He was like, I'm taking credit for anything Obama may have done. He did that. And he was like the Atlanta Falcons of presidents. He was up 28 to three. <laughs> he had such a good he had a great economy. And I'll tell you what, his foreign <laughs> policy was he was doing well. Yeah, they pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord and um the iran nuclear treaty but like listen like isis gone yeah trade trade deals restructured all right i get it the start of the fourth quarter shit hit the fan Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and look at us now uh unemployment awful people are struggling the stuff and the stock market is not the economy but the stock market took a tank too and you know what donald trump is the best thing to happen to joe biden 
because you oh, we yeah. really can only go up from here um right. spiritually as a country economically as a country and i think he's donald trump's the best thing to happen to barack obama and george bush's legacies too I'll give you that for George Bush's legacy. I don't know. You got to elaborate on how he's good for Barack Obama's legacy. Because any, because just because of his sheer dickheadishness will shadow any mistakes Barack made. Barack made some mistakes. Let's let's not beat around the bush. But Donalds are magnified, and I think I think that even though he was a one-term president, that followed three two-term presidents we're going to be talking more about these four years than oh he he did any other period of history (laughs) yeah within decades oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah we we've never had anything like him now what i'm worried about is getting someone like him but smart yeah that's the thing to worry about i'm because they're coming they are coming and i said i said to myself like a month ago i was like man, like, I really got to get out of politics. Like, this is just beating me up left and right. But I'm already, like, revving up for, like, the debates in 2023. I was like, I can't wait to see who, like, the GOP is going to roll out. And you know what? I hope hope that they nominate somebody. Like, I'm, I'm more of a moderate, I think, anyway. You know, I go back and forth on some issues to the left, to the right, some of the core issues. And As most people I, should. Right. If you if you side with one party 100 percent of the time, then you're a dope. But I, I really hope that they nominate somebody fiscally responsible who embraces science and social liberalism. And I think they'll be in good shape. Let people love who they want. Don't discriminate. Embrace climate change. And I think you got a winner. Yeah, it's it's not it's really the, that hard. It's, it's <laughs> like, not like, eh, 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 and I'll tell you what, I hope we do get somebody like that. Yeah, seriously, because who I just described could be a Democrat or a Republican. Yeah, in theory, they, they should they should each share the same core values. Good point. You know, everything else is is whatever, but the core values should be the same. Right. You know what? We were supposed to talk about the inauguration and then we go start talking about Trump, his legacy, and then the future of the Republican Party. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's how, that's mm. how much power he's got. But um, right, going back to the inauguration, you watched more of it than I did. I watched Joe Biden's speech and the swearing in process. You watched, I guess it was Lady Gaga, Jennifer Lopez. And her Garth squeeze Brooks. in a let's get loud. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got no problem with it. And uh, I mean, uh, Amanda Gorman. Yeah, who's poet. a superstar overnight. It's it's crazy how this happens. You know, for two years, Stacey Abrams was a rising star. Now, Amanda Gorman overnight. It, it's like Did you every look- one of these like little events, something happens. Somebody blows up. That's great. It's cool like that because you're yeah, always oh going to yeah. remember it. Did oh, you yeah. look into Amanda Gorman at all? Like, what? I, I don't really know any. I I listened to her poem after the fact and her performance, which was remarkable. Her delivery is incredible. Did you look into her after the fact? Because I still don't know really who she is, where she came from. I, she could like she looked young to me. She could be like fourteen or like thirty. She's, I have no she's idea. twenty two. I know she's okay, twenty two. Right, right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but. Other than that, I don't really know much about her. I didn't really look too deep into her. I started following her on Instagram, of course. There um, you go. But I'm definitely going to do more research because because I was 
I was more than impressed. I was I was elated to to hear her speak. It was really cool. It was really cool. Um, my sister said that she was she was given feelings of like Maya Angelou. So I'm like, I'm like, word, that's what's up. That's that's high compliments right there. Absolutely. The content was remarkable. It was oh, yeah. it was it was it was good. It was it was a good poem. I'll, I'll give her that. But like what separates her from any poet is her reading of it. Like it was mm-hmm. I, it, it was captivating. Oh, yeah. Really good. Really good. And and like I watched it, the uh, inauguration as it was being covered by NBC. So the inauguration itself, the reading of that poem, even the post inauguration show. I mean, it looks like we about to step into the West Wing. Like that's where we're headed. It, everything looks so majestic. It's beautiful. But turning on Fox, it looks like we're about to step into the purge. So I don't know what to believe right now. It's interesting though. Chucks and Pearls was a thing for our new VP, the first female Black South Asian vice president, Kamala Harris. Very excited, very excited. I teared up when she took the oath. It was, it was a huge moment, huge moment for, for not just little Black girls or little South Asian girls, but for little girls, period. Oh God, yeah. Huge moment for them. And I'm super happy. I'm just happy that I was alive to see it, you know. Oh, absolutely. And it's a shame that it took this long uh, for that to come to fruition. But it is. It's it's such a historical moment. And I've always I had my been, chucks on. I didn't have on any pearls, though. <laughs> I, I, I've been always keen on on raising Danny to not even blink when when a when a woman does something. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like she's the vice president and that's just the way it is. Like put on ESPN. These girls play basketball because girls play basketball. That's right. And you know what I mean? Something like that. And, and I, I, it it makes me happy in simplest terms. it It makes me happy that women have are finally represented in the, uh, in the executive branch. It's dope. It's dope. And you said something, uh, back in November that no person of color has ever made it to the executive branch without Joe Biden on the ticket. True. And do we give Joe Biden that credit or is it more a byproduct of the time we live in? Maybe both. Or you could say that Joe Biden is the fortunate one. Yeah. He's never made it yet to the executive branch without. Because he's been in the running before too. 1988. He, yeah, he flamed out. 2008, flamed out. Say, that's a good point. You know, they really so, Shame on but, me. You know, either way it's cut, this is what it is now. I've got my fingers crossed and my hands clasped together for better days. I think they're ahead. Uh, so long as we hold our new administration accountable, so long as we uh, continue to practice peace and prosperity amongst each other, I think we'll all be okay. Right on. There is no unity or justice without accountability, too. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm very optimistic for this administration. And I think that Capitol Hill Republicans are going to show a different playbook as well. I don't think they're going to be nearly as disruptive as they were during President Obama's last years in office or buying into, you know, the 
I wouldn't even say the GOP playbook, like the Trump playbook and way of doing things. Oh yeah, it's its own I th- thing. I yeah, I think I think we're gonna come into a couple really good years here. Knock on wood. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do. I mean, we definitely have a couple people out there still following that Trump playbook. Let them. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it does for him. Let him. Um, but speaking of Trump, to go back to him one more time, as he was talking at the joint bases, he talks about how they worked harder than any administration ever. And until they got hit, he said with the China virus. And then he says, I don't know where it came from, but, oh, we got okay. hit with, but you just called it the China virus. Like he, he, yeah, he's, he's something else. He is. He is. All right, let's wrap this up. A man lived inside of O'Hare International Airport in Chicago for three months because he was afraid to get on a plane because of the coronavirus. Three months, he went undetected, moving in and out of secure areas. So my question for you is, if you had to live in a public place undetected for that amount of time, where would you pick? All right, now this public place, does it have to be open for 24 hours? No. No? No, I mean, why? Okay, okay. There's not many places open 24 hours. True, true. All right, hmm, 24 hours, 24 hours, 24 hours. I'm going to go with Walmart. There's food, there's electricity, there's, they don't have showers, though. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. Yeah, but they got sinks. Yeah, they got soap. You don't even have hair. You don't have to soap. wash your hair. There's plenty of soap. I got a beard, though, man. I got to take care of this thing. Yeah, but you could right. shave it in aisle 17. Speaking of beards, uh, James Harden, after wearing a fat suit for, what, like a month <laughs> and a half while he was with Houston? Like, what type of shit is that? That's crazy. That's cra- That's dedication to trying to get the fuck out of town. He's like, like, a, he's like a method actor. Kirk Lazarus. <laughs> um, so, he's wearing a fat suit. <laughs> And you got John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, all talking shit about the way he showed up, the training camp, all types of shit. He gets traded to the Nets, and at the shoot-around, he doesn't shed 70 pounds. It's crazy. Unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. Dedication. Um, you you actually called that, too, back in, like, November. You were, like, hard, hardened to the Nets, hardened to the Nets. Not the fat suit. If you called the fat suit, I'd be shining your shoes right now. <laughs> well, that was the rumor going on at the time. And I sure as shit didn't want him in Philly. Definitely mm-hmm. not for Ben. No, absolutely not. Anyway, I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart. Gout awareness. For those of you who don't know what gout is, it's an autoimmune disease. It's dietary based. It's hereditary. So if, you're, if your parents or grandparents had it, good chance you'll have it at some point. Um, so basically what happens is your body doesn't break down purines and purines come by way of alcohol, red meat, shellfish. And when they don't break down, uric acid crystallizes really around your joints and it's horribly painful. And it usually happens with like older, heavier people. So I, I have gout about 20 years too soon and it is horribly painful. I've had it for a couple of years now, you know, confirmed by a doctor, probably end up need to, needing to see a rheumatologist at some point in my life. And this isn't a sob story because I'm kind of going to spin this around. I'm 35 years old and I had to invest in a damn walking cane this week. And that's how much it hurt. My ankle blew up 
and I'm walking around with a cane and all like the old Spanish ladies at work are making fun of me and stuff. Never thought I'd be walking <laughs> with like an old bamboo cane at work. So I've, I've heard other people be like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Like my uncle has it. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I just feel so awkward just telling everybody I've got. It's a form of arthritis, really. And it's kind of like an allergy to a degree. You can't eat certain things or your foot blows up. Or it could be your, your toes or your knee or your wrist, ankle, so on and so forth. My dad had it. I think my, my mom's dad had it. My, my brother actually has it too. He takes pills for it. Um, so like a lot of people have it and a lot of people know somebody that either or know somebody that has it. Oh or, yeah. I know a couple people, people with it or people have it and don't know what it is because like, yeah, it's like, Oh my God, all of a sudden you wake up and like, you can't move your foot. And then like, maybe the next day I'll be gone. Like two days ago, I was a mess. Like we have a dollar general across the street from my office. It took me like three minutes to walk there. Like dead ass, like, 45 50 yards like across the way it took me forever but today like i don't need the i didn't need the cane i walked around all right a little bit of a limp not too bad you know pain the pain shifts around too like it started in like the arch of my foot then it was on top of my foot and then it was like the outside of my ankle so like it's it's a weird weird ailment but gout alcohol red meat seafood i cut those out of my diet I would say by 95% and I'm healthier for it. And a lot of what we talked about last year when we kicked off the podcast was like, Oh yeah, like I'm in the best shape of my life and blah, blah. A lot of it had to do because of gout. You know what I mean? I, it was a precaution to blessing in disguise to better myself. And you know what? I'm not mad about it at all. We're recording live. I'm in a bar. Um, and you can't touch in, shit in there. my house. And if we we're on, if we were on video, Daryl, you can see me there. There's, Shit, there's probably 50 bottles of alcohol right behind me, and I haven't had a drop of this stuff. So, anybody who wants to come over, have at it. <laughs> uh, you know, Nash, open invitation. Nash, uh, Nash drinks some of this stuff. We got a lot of vodka here. Open invite. Yeah, exit 25 live. Where send those donations to Dollar Sign Dan Murphy Senior to the Dan Murphy Gout Foundation. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what. Dr. King fought for civil rights. I'm going to fight for gout awareness. It's my true calling. I'm all for it. I stand in solidarity with you, brother. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. Now, after 563 days, Marvel Studios has returned with WandaVision this week. I'm hype. You don't know shit about it. <laughs> nope. Um, the Avengers and the Marvel movies, it's like the biggest thing in the world right now. So this is coming back. This is what they're referring to as phase four. They're doing TV shows and shit. And we three episodes in, it's like a little mystery. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. We'll see where it goes. So this is called WandaVision. What platform is this on? Disney Plus. And you said there's been three episodes released? So far, yep. How, how many are there total? Uh, nine. Okay. And this is the first TV show they've done? First TV show. And what are the characters in this? Wanda, Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, and The Vision. Any big names acting? Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Catherine Hahn. I only know Paul Bettany. Who's Catherine Hahn? You don't know Catherine Hahn? You've seen Step <laughs> uh, Brothers? Yes. Is it the mob? No. This is, what's the brother's name? Derek? Yeah. His wife. <laughs> His wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you said Elizabeth Moss? Who's that? No, Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, shit. I don't need, yeah. All right. Who's Elizabeth Mary Kate and Ashley's sister. Oh, yeah. Their younger sister. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Their younger sister, and she's like 31. I know. 
It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. They're like 34. It's nuts. Yeah. They'll and they're be all... like Michelle Tanner to me. <laughs> I never really liked that show. Is that how we're no. going to end this episode? Is that me saying I don't really like Full House, overrated show? I mean, that's not a is controversial that not... statement. Uh, about... it's... Hey, in white suburbia, I think it is. Well, not in not in the the mean streets of Atlantic City. So, <laughs> Team Inlet. All right, episode seven. Nah, season two, episode three. Listen, For those I'm Daryl. I'm Dan. For those of you following at home, G Poppy. Peace. Later. <laughs>